Welcome back to Bankrupt Overland. You got LJ here. I'm hanging out with El Jefe tonight. What's up, Jeff? Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Good talking to you. I agree. I agree. It is great talking to me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. This is going to be an interesting episode without Steve. Zingy. No, just messing around. Just messing around. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a couple weeks since we got together, isn't it? Yeah, we didn't do this been, last week. No, no, we didn't do it last week. I was I was out of commission. I was out sick. Um, I was out of town. That's right. I had to you go were out of town. Florida. Yeah, you were down in Florida having a good old time. And you sent me a message and I was laying in bed like dying. And <laughs> like, oh sweet, man. Sounds fun. Oh man. Yeah, and I think uh I went down for work, but I think the message I sent you was when I was chilling by the hotel pool. <laughs> yeah, I remember a picture of like beautiful weather and like you were wearing like sneakers and you were by the pool or something or sandals and you're by the pool. Yeah, I had uh I had taken a little lunch run in the middle of the day between some meetings and was like, you know, there's a nice pool here and no one's around. I'm just gonna sit out here and cool down. <laughs> Heck yeah, during the week, middle of the week. It's the yeah. best time. Yeah, well, we were where I was at. I was down there for a, for a conference, but where I was at is right by Disney. And so in the daytime, oh, that hotel okay. was a ghost town because everybody was that stayed in it was at uh, at the parks. Yeah, so it's it kind of like having to myself when everybody was gone. Nice getting all your work stuff in before your big trip, right? Yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah. It's been a yeah, it's been real busy on work, but we don't, we don't come here to talk about work. Uh, come here. Talk no, about it's not what, fun. We talk, what we do outside. That's of not work. fun at all. <laughs> we talk. This is to escape our work. Remember? That's true. We just had a call, talk about that yesterday. We were talking about this is this is the escape. It really is. Um, but yeah, we're about to have a big escape because uh, yeah, I'm I'm within single digits now of uh, the Utah trip. So, man, that's exciting. We're down to. We got all the. The maintenance, I got one more maintenance item to do, but we got most of that done. We'll talk through some of that later on. And uh, yeah, we're we're pretty much like, you know, when you get down to that point where you got like, you start to count down the days before yep. you can't Amazon Prime something. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're like going through like your essentials, like your camp kit. And you're like, okay, what else do I need? What do I what? need to order right now I, so it yeah. gets here before I leave? <laughs> yeah, because you don't know like if it's direct from Amazon, it's actually two days or it might be like four days. And you're like, oh, man, this is not going to work good. I need more plates. Got to get... <laughs> Yeah. Like <laughs> propane was one today where I was like, oh shit, I don't have propane. What am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I need to go ahead and order it. I was at REI. They were sold out. I had to go by there and oh, get, damn. A, uh, get a park pass, national parks pass for. Oh, okay. For, for Colorado. Week. For yeah, Colorado. Uh, well, for Utah, because we'll be going through a few different national parks on our Got it, traverse. Okay. That's cool. You can do that at REI here. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even know where to get one. And the guy organizing the trip, Matt, um, who was on here, I don't know, maybe five episodes ago from Rome for Low. Yep. He uh he was like, no, I'm just gonna REI and you can buy it there. I was like, sweet. That's awesome. Keep it on your phone. Is uh, that no, they, can, like... they gave me like a like a pass, like a oh really? Yeah, like a, it's like a year pass, I guess. And it's oh, like cool, a, you know, like a piece of paper that I can just like show them. I guess oh, wow. I actually, I assume it is. I haven't even looked at it. Like I got the bag, <laughs> I put it in the truck and I haven't really opened the bag. <laughs> you haven't yet. even looked uh, at it yet. So I should probably do that before I, I head out. <laughs> yeah. I just trusted the fine folks at REI because yeah, it's REI exactly. and it's hard not to trust those uh, fine folks over there. Exactly. Uh, 
but yeah, man, that's, that's been kind of, I guess my flow the last okay. weekend is, is getting ready for the trip, man. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of prep stuff and it looks like you're going through all your gear and check, checking it twice, making a list and all that. Always. Yeah. Trying to, trying to get it down. I'll, uh, I'll talk about the list a little bit later as we kind of yep. go through what it takes to plan for a trip, you know, a three to 4,000 mile trip. Uh, whoa, whoa, look who just popped hey, in by popped the campfire. What's up, Will? What's happening? Man, I heard you guys were in here trying to solve world problems. And I, I figured I'd do some consulting with you guys and let you know some ideas. Maybe we can solve them together. <laughs> oh, man. Hopefully you got a well, drink cheers. by you. Cheers, brother. Welcome. PBR cheers. There we go. Absolutely. What are, we, uh, what are we chatting about today? Uh, we were just talking about... Um, we were, we were in that flow of, of what have we done the last couple of weeks. And, uh, then later on, we're going to go into, which actually is a great conversation to bring you in on is what do you do to, to plan and prepare for, you know, a multi, a week to a multi-week trip living out of your car. Nice. Well, have y'all went over everything y'all have done? No, no I just started. It came in perfect oh, time. Okay. Fire's just Sweet. getting stoked. We're good to go. Sweet. Well, that's my nickname, Justin Time. Yeah. So uh, I've been on. Uh, I've been uh, fixing stuff, man. Just from beating and abusing Apple for 160,000 miles is basically what. Uh, that's how I, I find myself preparing these days for a big trip. Is fixing all the shit that I broke on the last big trip. That's and a common occurrence. <laughs> I finally added uh finally added sliders so everybody can get off my back I that saw side. that man that's yeah. exciting big now, are those are those hand built sliders or did you get them from a larger manufacturer no they're hand built so uh bash fab uh Chad over in uh Columbia South Carolina uh which is where I'm currently at right now and uh he had some sliders that were on the shelf that he had built for a, uh, a compass, a Jeep compass. And I was like, look, man, they don't have to look, um, you know, super sleek and sexy and all that. They just, they have to work. They have to be really strong. And, uh, and I just want to weld them onto the frame, which a lot of people don't want to do. And uh, he was like, yeah, well, we can make these work. If all you're wanting to do is weld them on and you're wanting something to, uh, to be a rock slider and be strong. And so that's what we did. We, uh, we spent the past uh, few days just kind of, uh, grinding off all the old uh, stuff that he had that mounted to because there were bolt ends for a compass and we were grinding that stuff off and he makes bolt ends specifically for forerunners uh, but I wanted to learn how to weld and fabricate and do stuff like that so I got to dip my hands into uh, into that and uh, yeah it's did you, probably do some, did you weld you just, uh, did you do some welding yeah I did I did a little bit yeah, I guess you could call it that it's a bunch of I put a bunch of boogers and made metal <laughs> stick to one another but, hey that's what I do but uh well, yeah, I did a lot of grinding. Um, but yeah, he uh, you know, he didn't he didn't want me going around saying, Yeah, these are bash fab sliders, and then the welds not look good. So where it counts, they've got some uh they've got some fat dimes on there for <laughs> nice. sure. Yeah. Well good they say stuff. if you're not if you're an amateur welder, you need to be an expert grinder, or you will expert be an grinder. expert grinder. <laughs> Turns out I am yeah, I am a rookie at both, not even an amateur, <laughs> pure on rookie at this point in time. But uh, but yeah, man, with that stuff, dude, it's so crazy the amount of things that are involved and that you have to pay attention to. Like I cut with the plasma cutter, and you think, okay, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cut a line down this deal and it should be easy enough. 
and I could actually with with this uh, the setup the way that it was, it was actually you could guide it on something, but just to cut a straight line, like you have to have the temperature right, then you have to have your speed right, and you can't touch the tip of the plasma cutter. You've got there's all kinds of different variables to it, so it's like either you're going too fast or you're like stopped. And then once you do finally get the speed right, then you can't hold your hand steady. It's man, there's a lot of stuff to it. And the only way that you can improve that stuff is simply by just doing it over and over and over and over again. So a lot of respect for the guys that can take stuff like, like Chad there, bash fab and just, you know, just hammer stuff out. And he's not really an off-road shop. He's just a, a metal fabrication uh, facility that if you wanted like custom furniture or, um, anything really, but he got his start in fabrication work, obviously doing the off-road thing. So nice. yeah, pretty cool stuff. It's pretty stellar. I'm impressed you're out there learning some new stuff, man. Uh, yeah, man, a lot you of folks nowadays don't, uh, don't want to actually get out there and do the work to learn it. So kudos to you for yeah. getting your hands dirty and getting in and learning yeah. something about it instead of just, uh, handing it off. I was always handing things off and I always wanted to learn, but, uh, yeah. you know, Getting getting fabricators yeah. to to let a guy like me hang around is is not really going to happen probably. <laughs> you can sell them the product, just not tell them how to weld yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, well, yeah, hey, I listen, mean- if you wanted to just buy sliders from them, you could just buy some sliders, and I promise you, it's a whole lot easier that way and a whole lot less stressful. And you don't end up with like burn holes in your clothes and like catching your toes on fire and, you know. And spending way too much time there. Oh, my God. Way too much time, (laughs) dude. Way too much time. Like, yeah, you save a little money by doing the labor yourself, but the amount of time that you spend in doing it, it's like, ah, I don't know, man. It's an age old question. How how much is your time worth, right? Exactly. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then the next uh, uh, the next big project on Apple is unfortunately, which you guys are Toyota guys, so you guys probably know it well. Unfortunately, after 162,000 hard, hard, hard miles, the rack and pinion steering on uh, the old bushings went out in the rack and pinion on uh, on the Apple. I can't even have exterior fix. Can you just replace those bushings? <sighs> Unfortunately, you have to take the whole rack out and you might as well just replace the entire rack at that point in time. So uh, it's a process. Yeah, but it's common on the it's common on a lot of the Toyota trucks. I don't know. Apparently, you guys aren't familiar with it with Land Cruisers. Oh, I'm familiar. Well, my mechanic is familiar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's another one of those things that if you got a guy, so Toyota actually on mine, I don't know how it is with you guys, but on mine, Toyota says that you have to pull the engine up to get that thing out. So mm-hmm. it's a, uh, it's a job. Now there is uh there is a workaround. Some folks out there that have been doing it and have far more experience than I do. Um, they've got a way that they can manipulate it and such to where you don't have to take the engine and they can slide a new one in. Is that because of the bolt to slide the bolt out? That's it right. hits the pan. So people just cut the bolt off and then cut buy the a bolt new one and then that's go right. the other way, right? That's correct. I think yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Which is, yeah, and supposedly you can do it pretty easily. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that they put the steering rack in and then they drop the engine. It's not like, in, in I mean, you said what, 160,000 miles? 162,000 hard miles. So that's insane. And, like, you have to yeah. think about it. Anytime you go like off-roading or racing a vehicle, parts don't last that as nope. long. It just, it just doesn't. Yeah. And people get in this mindset of, you know, my my Land Cruiser, I blew my front 
shocks or my diff and it, Oh, how many miles did you have? 250,000 miles. Yeah. Like dude, obviously thing. most cars don't even last that long. And you're, you're right. off-roading beating this as the 12th owner, you yeah. know? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. dude, it's well, mine, I take full miles. responsibility for mine. Uh, yeah. All you have a different situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all all but listen, let me tell you. So, it was the last trip that blew the rack out and the last trip uh, ended up with me going all the way out to king of the hammers and king of the hammers is just as gnarly as you think that it is and then some and driving around that area um it's not like hardcore off-roading but jeff you know how the desert oh, does yeah. i mean with the washboards and the i mean these guys i said in the video if you haven't seen it like basically all it is is people with a whole lot better shit than you being able to just rip across the desert and you kind of get in this mindset of you need to go a little faster or whatever. And it's, man, it, that stuff just tears shit up. So I blew out the upper ball joints on the brand new over for control arms that I just got. Um, I blew out the passenger side pass, uh, axle seal and uh, also blew out those bushings in the rack. And so it was a, it was a tough, uh, it was a tough 10 days on that. Floor, yeah. It gets some abuse. Did you, yeah, did you hit some like constant. whip sections where you were, trying to get the rhythm going. And then all of a sudden you started going a little too yeah. fast and then you started bouncing and He's skipping over the top. Tires. Yeah. 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 And it's easy to do out there. And like I said to uh, everybody that's asked, like I haven't, I don't remember taking one big gnarly hit. Like I blew an upper control arm bushing out uh, back in 2017 on my second trip across the tap. And I remember the hit that did it. Like I remember I was uh, going yeah. through kind of what you were talking about. And it was, uh, I think it was in Joshua Tree, to be honest. And I was, because oh, yeah. uh, I remember almost hitting some Joshua Trees whenever it happened. But yeah, I was just going. And then all of a sudden, I was in a good rhythm. And it, then it was like this real big washout, you know, and just. Boom. Yeah, that, that but, moment that didn't you happen. floor it or you slam on the brakes. There's literally <laughs> nothing else you can do. There's no other option. Because yeah. the speed that you're yeah. going is that rhythm. And it's just going to overpower the shocks. And if you, yeah. if you hammer it and plow on top of it, you have a chance, but it's even more sketchy. Yeah. So that, uh, that finally did it. And, you know, I think too, I, you know, I put those 33s on not too long ago. Yeah. So I put 33s on, I put a, a two inch suspension lift and then I put the upper control arms and all that shit, man. I, one of the reasons I waited so long to do all that stuff is because, <clears throat> Toyota's got this shit figured out, man. They had it dialed in just the way that it was. If you start messing with that shit, then that is very you're true. messing with it. You know? Very true. So now I'm on the road of you're going to be messing with it now. <laughs> so, this is yeah. what it is. I'm on like my, I don't know, second, third set of bearings now for the front yeah. on the Land Cruiser with 35s and wheeling it yeah. like I do. So it's just, I've accepted that that's just a yearly ritual now to just do gonna happen especially yeah. out there the the sandstone uh mud that you guys have in tennessee and kentucky and all that dude that shit it's just nasty. eats those it, bearings man the regular rally that that mud is sand is really fine it's, it's so fine yeah and so it's some uh, of it was in my front diff when i drained it yeah i bet <laughs> it's like and it's just like gritty Nasty. sand too it's just like yeah you get, you get a couple a couple grains of those and a set of bearings and yeah you know, that's all she Forget wrote about you're it gonna, you're gonna you know they're not they're not gonna be ruined but you're gonna hear them they're gonna get louder and louder and louder and louder and then you'll change them and repack them and they'll be quiet for a little bit longer and then they'll find that groove again they'll get louder yep. and louder <laughs> and it's like just okay that cycle 
It's time yeah. to clean them out, get new ones. And luckily they're not expensive. You know, at this point I'm, I'm not putting in, you know, OEM top of the line bearings. Cause I'm like, <laughs> you're, you're just going to ruin them in a year. Just yeah, put in man. something just, that'll spin. <laughs> just keep it, keep getting the cheap ones from O'Reilly. I look at it like uh windshield wipers, windshield wipers is the same way, man. Just keep mine with the cheap $16 windshield wipers, dude. Don't overthink it. You're going to tear them up in a year with the mud, the ice, the snow and all that bullshit. Oh, yeah. Just throw some cheap ones on there and just call it good. And brake pads now. I'm doing the same thing now with brake pads. I I didn't used to, but this is the second set of $30 brake pads that I've gotten over 40,000 miles on. And I, I call that a win because that's, that's what I got out of factories. So that is the factories win. are 60. Yeah. So it's half the price, the same amount of wear. Might yeah, well. that's a win. Did you have any like noise issues with the with the cheaper ones? No, no, not until not until they go bad. Once it hits the squealer, it starts squealing. But other than that, <laughs> <The> squealer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> squealer. Once it hits the squealer, it squeals. But uh, it's supposed to do that, you know. It's made to do that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what else you've been doing on that thing, man? So what? Oh, you've been you've been on the road too. You've had some trips. So you mentioned yeah, you know, the King so, of Hammers. What else you yeah, been doing? I've seen you all from, over the place. Uh, yeah, Sir William's been going, been gone. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went from South Carolina to uh, Wichita, from Wichita to Arizona. On the way from Arizona to King of the Hammers, I stopped in Quartzsite, which is a crazy little town. If you guys ever get a chance to stop there for a winter, <laughs> dude. Uh, so, like, the population is only, like, a 1,000 people until the winter time. And in the wintertime, anybody and everybody that's like in this nomadic world that uh, is van life, full-time RVs, uh, school buses, tiny homes, all those cats, they all seem to just gather right there in Quartzsite. So the first thing that I went to was uh, Rubber Tramp Rendezvous, which was a bunch of van life folks that follow uh, an older guy on YouTube that does uh, some van life stuff. And then uh, the next thing that was being held out there was Schoolie Palooza, which was a wild party. Uh, that was uh, that was a, that was a different man. You had anything and everything you could want was at Schoolie Palooza. Uh, if you wanted to, you could hang out with some people that looked like they were fresh from the movie Waterworld. If you, if you wanted to hang with like the with like a group of families, there were some folks there like that. Fire dancers. I got to see live shows. It was one of the craziest experiences. And then uh, from there, from Schoolie Palooza, uh, and by the way, those people are all just traveling the, the U.S. and Mexico by bus. They've converted these buses kind of like big RVs, but they've done it themselves, a lot of them. And they just travel in them, and uh, that's how they live, man. And so cool people. Went from there, went to uh, King of the Hammers, uh, which is off-road Mecca, in my opinion. Like, that's that's like the event Johnson that I grew Valley. up. Yeah, that's like the event that I grew up. Like, this is the one place you have to go if yeah. you're ever going to do anything off road. And dude, that did not disappoint. It was everything I wanted it to be, and then some. And uh, from there, I went to Southeast Expo in Florida, which was uh, yeah. So crisscrossed all the way back over to the East Coast from there. So that was a whole trip in between itself, which is always fun. Did a little bit of the uh, Arizona backcountry discovery route on my way. But I had a blown upper ball joint, blown axle seal, and what I thought was an inner tie rod, but turns out is the rack. I had all that stuff going on, so I was kind of easy on her. I didn't take too much off-road, but uh, I did a fair amount of traveling. And then that Southeast Expo in Florida was really cool, man. I was uh, That was the first time I'd ever been to that event. So 
it was a pretty cool deal. And then now here I am spending time with Christy and kind of regrouping and getting everything fixed up and I'll leave again Sunday. Man. Oh man. What was the total time start yeah. to finish so far? Uh, so I left January 8th and then that expo was, uh, was, uh, somewhere in the mid, mid March, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. That's, 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 so, some, that's a yeah, solid two, time two to do a, a trip. Months, yeah. Do a little trip, you know, do a little hot lap as, as you, yeah. as Will calls it, a little hot lap real quick. Yeah. A little Get hot right back real quick around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go around and see my, see my people. Yeah. So then now Sunday when I leave, I'm going, uh, I'm going to come up and I'm going to try to see, uh, see at least one of you guys as I go through Tennessee there. Maybe we can hook up and either this whether weekend? or not it's, um, I'm coming next, next week into next weekend. So if you guys okay. are, maybe we can do something in between there. I got a yeah. little bit of time to kill, but I'm going to, um, Missouri for the Moore expo, which I don't know when, when this podcast will be released, but, uh, if nobody's gotten their tickets, you can go online, get your tickets. Sir will 20 will get you 20% off. Nice. And that's supposed to be a pretty, that's supposed to be a pretty cool show. And then I'm going to Easter Jeep Safari. Oh. I'm gonna go show them how Toyotas crawl around the dirt. <laughs> oh man, on sandpaper. Nice. <laughs> and then from there, EJS the is nice. West. Yeah, are you gonna hang That's out? I heard. think it's it's EJS, and then Cruise Moab might be the week after. Well, if it is, then uh, then yeah, I'll hang out for that for sure. Those would be some like minded people. That'd be cool. So that's out there too, huh? Yeah, let me look at it. It is. Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, because I've got some time to kill. The only thing I was going to do in between that and Flagstaff was go to Vegas. Have you yeah, been to Vegas April. before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love Vegas. Yeah. April 27th is when uh, Cruise Moab starts. So, hmm. yeah, that's the next weekend because uh, i got to be there the 14th and 15th for Easter Jeep. Yeah, I'll do Cruise no. Moab. I know there are a, a few solid axle swap hundies that are going to be out there, and I'm sure there will be some really built 80 series that will uh, – there's going to be all kinds of cool rigs out there for that. That's just going to be any Land Cruiser imaginable. You know, back, be, back before I rode and, and wheeled with you guys and had Land Cruisers, I would probably say something along the lines, yeah, I'm going to go show them how a forerunner gets it done. <laughs> but I've seen you guys in these big-ass <laughs> trucks, man just absolutely kill these obstacles <laughs> i i have a whole nother respect for 100 series and 200 series after wheeling with and 80 series for that matter just you guys in these big trucks man these things do shit that i never in a million years would have imagined they'd be able to do i think it would got you? you at the red clay rally last year when you were riding yeah. in leather heated seats when it was oh, yeah. in the morning and yeah, you know, the, the Tesla screen. I mean, sure. I got an LJ's. I rode it from where we were camped to the front of the entrance. And dude, that thing was trashed on the outside. I mean, he just took a <laughs> dent to the door. You got to take your shoes off in there. get inside, though. Get in there. And yes, I almost said, I'm going to wipe my shoes off. And the, the, the weather, you have like weather tax, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So because they were perfectly clean and your truck yeah. was muddy. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's one of two things. Either he's a dumbass, he took his floor mats out and washed them, or two, he didn't get stuck because he didn't have to and get out. Billy it was does number not two. get out. Billy does not get out. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I'll get out and walk around. So if you looked on my floor mat, it would have been muddy. Okay. But but Billy, 
Billy just is like, I'm not getting out in this Stay shit. This is muddy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, man, you won't even spill your Gatorade hanging out in his uh, in his truck, man. Jeez. It yeah, is comfortable. It's nuts. I am. Uh, it is. I, I do enjoy it. But once you, well, I get to your point, Will, once you figure out how to move the weight around on these bigger rigs, yeah. man, you can, I mean, you can have some fun with them. You definitely, I mean, you're not out there rock crawling like a Jeep you know, on stretch right. on forties is, but you know that you're not going to be able to do that either. Right. There's just limitations, right. you know, mechanically that, you know, you shouldn't be doing, but there, you know, especially during the rally and out in, you know, Colorado and Moab, where there were places where I was like, you really shouldn't be driving a family SUV. You really through these shouldn't areas. be doing this. Yeah. I should <laughs> not, but yeah. it works. <laughs> one, one of the things oh, is, dang. We got to that- do time for our sponsors. I got to go get the wagon tech. I'm losing power on you. Guys. <laughs> 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 do your thing. Time for sponsors. Quick Brought to you by wagon tech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's hilarious. What were you gonna say, Jeff? So I think one of the things is 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 the reliability of a vehicle that gives you that portrays an image of a vehicle, right? Okay. You see a car broken down on the side of the road. Oh man, it's always broken down. And then the other part is, is feeling confident enough to actually try or tackle an obstacle. And I think most, what, what really rattled me was the first year I did the rally where the bone stock Tacoma did it. No sliders, no lift, literally nothing besides that he put mutters on it like 265s yeah. like and he had he had front and rear lockers he had rear no front just the rear locker yeah just okay. the rear. yeah that car had a track yeah it had a track with the rear locker so i mean it's, it's getting as close as you can to be a front and rear lock right um and a <laughs> track is not a locker i repeat a track <laughs> is not a locker and i say this from experience <laughs> From someone who has had a track and only used it to someone who now has lockers. I waited too long to get the lockers. It it's is a go or a go there difference. I'm going to yes. go or I'm going there. <laughs> sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I just felt like I had to ruffle the feathers real quick for the, so for, for some as, of the listeners. Yeah, <laughs> as close as you can to a front and rear lock. And <laughs> it was very interesting to see a stock Tacoma do all those same obstacles and to be honest, I felt kind of silly when I was like, oh, man, that was so easy. I just drove right up and over that giant rock obstacle on the Daniel Boone backcountry byway. And yeah, then, so but look at how his truck ended up compared to how your truck ended up. though. So, yeah, that's the difference, right? Keep Is that the, in mind. The protection, right? You know, having yeah. the, mm-hmm. the metal front bumper um, and sliders. The bigger tires. Bigger Dude, tires. He had obviously dense. Cleared his- me. Yeah, oh but the, the but the thing is, this vehicle still went up and over that, and that's the still part right. that is is that it was still in one piece. Yes, it was dented, but it did go up and over this obstacle that my Land Cruiser with you know super flexible suspension and thirty fives and front and rear lockers went over, and then you just like, wow, it's stock Tacoma did it, or you're out on a trail and you see a Sprinter van, and you're like, oh. I'm not really anywhere very remote, am I? So yeah, and a lot of it too, though, is just learning your vehicle, like LJ said. Yeah, 
learning how to work your vehicle because I'll be I'll be the first one to tell you I've broken a lot of hearts from the Gizmo and Gadget guys throughout the years that have bought all kinds of shit for their truck and they just for they've never taken it out and they they don't know what line's gonna work. Like there's lines that you guys will take and I've I've done this actually behind LJ. There's lines that you guys will take that just won't work for the forerunner. But I can mm-hmm. tweak that line with my wheelbase and my narrow. You know what I mean? It's just knowing how to work your vehicle. Yeah, it's knowing For that. Sure. It's knowing that limit. Well, you learn too, right? When you're sitting in that driver's seat, you know exactly where the front passenger tire is. After a while, yep. right? You know where the rear passenger tire is. You know where the rear driver's tire is, and and you, you know, you just. I'm going to sound a little, this goes back to the, the, a little bit of the hippie side of me, but you kind of become one with that vehicle, right? Like, you know, where it's going to be, you can look ahead yeah. at the obstacle and know, okay, I'm going to hit here and here and here. Here's where I need to base my vehicle to get up and over that with ease. Um, or here's my only chance to get up and over it in some cases. Uh, and you just got to hit it at that point and trust, trust your judgment, your experience and your vehicle. Get a wheel um, to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. Pour one out for the homies. Uh, yeah. it, it was nice. I, I, I never talked with Eric about this at the rally because, you know, I could I could pretty much follow your lines, Jeff, because our wheelbases are, are pretty similar, right, mm-hmm. and our weights and all that. And so, but but Eric was behind both of us in that FJ. Shorter cruiser. Very Not short wheelbase. Um, and I was, I, I didn't think about asking how that's a good question to ask him later on is what, uh, like, did he have to, did he see, have to take different lines or was he able just to kind of follow and run in it? Or, or did he kind of see that? Like Will was talking about, I think is the FJ shorter wheelbase than the forerunner or is it the same wheelbase? Do we know? No, it's, it's, oh. I think it's a little shorter. I think it's, it's is gotta it? be a few inches. I'll do. I know I'll the approach and departure is different. Yeah, yeah, I know the approach and departure is different because they got the shorter bumpers. I want to say. Yeah, the the only the only comparison I know is the eighty series Land Cruiser is, and I don't even know the full thing. I think it's about three to five inches shorter than a JK Wrangler hmm. four door. So four inch difference, not that much. Four inch. The FJ okay. is uh, 106, essentially, and the Forerunner is 110. Will well, I'm going to tell you what the old lady told me at Walmart one time whenever I was shopping for TVs. Honey, four inches means a lot and a lot of different things, and TVs ain't one of them. Wheelbase, four, <laughs> inches, four inches of wheelbase is a pretty large difference, bro. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I don't know. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's the <laughs> it's a probably, you know, it's a it's a big difference when you're, you know, you're talking about one inch hanging you up. When right? you need it. Yeah, when you need it, it's a big difference. Everyone always needs an extra inch. Yeah, everybody needs an extra inch, bro. Yeah, but I wonder how down. the climbs. Yeah, exactly. Who would? <laughs> <laughs> On the climbs, though, I have heard that the shorter wheelbases struggle, like that Poughkeepsie wall. You remember that uh, that short wheelbase two door JK or, or yeah, Jeep no or whatever it was? Yeah. That guy, I thought he was toppling over backwards, bro. Because you know Matt had almost tipped over backwards. Um, I almost tipped over backwards, and then when he went up, it I was like, dude, there's no way. And luckily, he uh, he ended up taking the I, 
I guess you could, that's not really even a bypass. It's, it was just instead of going back, instead of flipping upside down, he almost rolled upside down. So it really wasn't. Oh boy. Yeah. That was just, <laughs> that yeah, that was just a tough deal. <laughs> that was a, uh... I mean that was a yeah. scary moment. Um, that was a tough I have deal, never man. seen a vehicle, you know, go on. Yeah. Uh, one wheel was it one wheel? I mean one yeah. wheel. He yeah. had two one wheels on the ground. Wheel. I guess he had his two rear wheels were on the ground. Well, he I guess he did have three wheels because his spare tire carrier is actually what prevented him from rolling over backwards. <laughs> no joke. Uh, uh, hey, shout out to not our sponsors, but the four by four labs. Spare tire carrier is actually what saved him from rolling the Land Cruiser oh backwards. God. He hit that, and that's when he rolled back and came oh back down God. onto onto all four wheels. But wow. that was that was scary. I saw him do it. I saw Lee almost do it, and then I saw you almost do it as well. Um, and I just kind of pulled up my front wheels and said, "Grab the <laughs> winch." <laughs> LJ, said, yeah, LJ just pulled up to the beginning and said, "We're gonna go ahead and hook up from here." <laughs> yep. Yeah, there yeah. is no plan in, in me at all. Uh well it's well, like the, the day before after I'll just say ahead. the day before we had that, you know, I'm a gene goof up where I was on that soft rock on the edge and was like, uh uh-uh, I ain't nah, I ain't playing out here in Colorado, man. You, you fuck around out here, you're gonna die. Like Yeah, yeah. you don't just roll into trees like you do in te- in Tennessee and out here on the East Coast, man. You got some you'll roll into a tree and tear your door handle off, right? Yep. Out there, you'll uh, you'll roll until you just stop rolling. Until the vehicle. And who knows flat. where that's going? Yeah. Until the and they flat. aren't even going to get the vehicle. They're just going to leave you down there. Oh yeah. No way. Yeah, they're going to hope that you're okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's a bad yeah, day. So, it, so uh, yeah. So I was like, nope, nope. After yeah. that first day, I was like, we're not going to play this game. I saw these dudes almost roll it. We're going to, you know, I did pull up like, is it kind of looked like I was going to hit it? Cause I rolled up where mm-hmm. everybody went and I got my front wheels all the way to the top, right where you start you to did. slide. And I just stopped and was like, hook the winch up. Nope. Yeah. Nope. That's well, the whole reason like we have that is, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Use your stuff. That's part of the thing. But Use like we said, after, after mine needed to be winched out, he was like, it wasn't so much how bad it looked, but like, well, first the bumper. So the bumper, once I did, once I did the, uh, the, the bumper, uh, cut, it got rid of the fasteners on the bottom. Well, it didn't get rid of the fasteners. The fasteners on the bottom broke throughout time. And so now it just like completely folds forward and oh, comes back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. looks awful, man. It does. It <laughs> looks terrible whenever it happens. And Lee thought that I had just destroyed the whole front end of the forerunner when that happened. And then after I got hung up, like I got high centered on the gas tank um, skid or, or something, I got high centered on it and just the God awful noise that that thing made as it was getting drug up that hill. (laughs) Holy cow, man. Like you really thought, like I, I thought sitting in it, but of course at that point in time, you're past the point of no return. This is your only option to get out of this obstacle. Like there's nothing like, so you know, if anybody would, you know, get in a situation where they don't want their vehicle or, you know, that kind of stuff hurts their pride or whatever, dude, in that situation, when you're 37 degrees up, like I looked yeah. at it at the inclometer thing on the, on the phone, I was at a 37 degree angle and just stuck and couldn't see nothing but sky. And so at that point in time, it's your, I mean, this is your only option to get out of this thing. And dude, it sounded like the whole bottom end of that truck was getting ripped off. It really did sound like that. And 
Toyota, man, they got that shit figured out. They put things where it needed to be. So that way, whenever you did stupid shit like that, you kind of <laughs> somewhat protect you. Nice. So I have that video right here. Uh, the bumper video. Of you, uh, yeah. 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 Nice. Uh, but it's the wrong way right now. And I'm trying to spin it around. Let's go to settings. I don't know. We'll have to mess with it. I don't know. Um, let me see if I can just share it out. Can y'all hear that through my? No, no, y'all don't hear it. That's good. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you get it. You get it. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Is it sideways? Yeah. Yeah. We can just turn our heads though. Like we're, you can hear it in a second. You hear it just start to grind oh uh, yeah <laughs> uh, uh, you see that your front bumper is you got the sad forerunner like, face yeah, yeah it's, yeah, full yeah, on it's open. not mean anymore it's just full-on sad face now <laughs> it's like angry eyes <laughs> for a forerunner <laughs> is it making it looks it like sound bitter like bitter beer face <laughs> <laughs> bitter beer face that's what it looks like yeah that's uh, funny I don't know that I have that video. Did I say, is that, where's that video from? Yeah, that'd be dope. It's from my cell phone. Yeah, I'm only a year and a half behind on creating content, so. (laughs) I pulled, uh, (laughs) well, didn't your GoPro footage get corrupted from that whole trip? Yeah, so that whole trip, the GoPro GoPro footage uh, that wasn't already backed up was, and that was the stuff that wasn't already backed up for the most part was all that stuff, all the fun stuff we did. But I used a combination of, uh, the drone, the GoPro, and uh, the phone. So I do still have some phone footage, and I still have because if you guys remember, I was meeting you guys out there to do that stuff, but I was on a full uh, trip around Colorado. So um, I still yeah. have a good portion of that backcountry discovery route. Well, I'll email Luckily. you this video so you have it for later. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Here's how I went and tore shit up. <laughs> Yeah. Hanging out with a bunch of Land Rover Land Cruisers. <laughs> well, I was I was messing around, you know. So I got this Utah trip coming up here in uh in a couple uh well a couple days actually. We leave I leave Saturday. Yeah, and it's coming Tuesday. Up so nice. I'm within like four days from leaving. So when you said you were coming through Nashville, I'm I you know at perfect timing. I'm going to actually be out west. Uh, but I was popping through some of these pictures this morning. And just checking out some of the memories from the trip we did oh, in Colorado. Man. Here's uh here's me taking a shit in the middle of Colorado. <laughs> Dude, you and your son, your son for one has the most epic um poop in like by far. Ever so, ever ever. Like he took a there's a picture Lee it's on Lee's uh site for sure. But I think it's this one with you and the white shirt. No, that's not it. We were no, at the I'll go to Black Bear We Pass. were at Bridal Falls in Black Bear Pass. And uh yeah, where we were at right there, the little guy said he had to poop. And you know, when they're that age, you just you gotta you gotta you can't really just tell them to hold it. You just got them to where they tell you, you know. Yeah. Well <laughs> we Yeah, so we came, gotta we go, came gotta down. Go. We had just come down the gnarly section of Black Bear Pass that it, you know, all the good videos where you feel like you're gonna go over the edge. And, uh, and we got to the bottom and we all stopped and we're just, you know, kind of recollecting our souls and, uh, getting our lives back in order and why it's like, and I got to poop. 
<laughs> and, and he had been saying his stomach hurt the whole way up. And I was like, man, what'd you yeah. eat? Is it the elevation, you know, whatever. And, uh, and then he gets, the, he get, we get there. He's like, I got to poop. And like, we're right by this waterfall overlooking Telluride, you know, the most picturesque moment. And I'm like, man, I don't blame you. That's a great place to poop. Let's go find you <laughs> a spot. Place. I'm happy <laughs> for you. <laughs> so we yeah. popped out the little portable potty and found him a nice quiet spot. And, you know, Dude, he, he took, was he golden did his after business. that. <laughs> he was right gold, which I don't blame him. Yeah, man, right he was ready to roll. That's all he needed. He just needed a pretty poop, and he got one in that, bro. He's got the most epic poop in the world. I feel like. I yeah. wonder if I don't know if I have. Oh, this is just Lee here. This is Lee in his two hundred series. That yeah, so he's my, on three wheels. Yeah, my first mistake was uh, I came into this going, well, if this dude's wheeling the two hundred series, like I'll take the forerunner anywhere this dude takes this two hundred series. <laughs> well, I had never met Lee before. And uh, Lee wheels uh, a lot more than uh, I'd say solid 97% of the people that I've ever met uh, that drive any sort of Land Cruiser. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. 90 so he what? Wheels that 97? 97. Yeah. Fair, fair assessment. Yeah. yeah he's up there. He's in the top yeah, 3% percent top for sure. Top three for, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for and the sure. other one is definitely Jake. Yeah, Jake. Oh, yeah, Jake's in '99. He's not. Well, that's what I'm saying. So I'm talking about the people that I've met that drive yeah. a Land Cruiser. That's yeah, how yeah. he's in the top three percent because you guys yeah. are in that. Jake's in that. He's yeah. in that. And then there's a few guys that I've seen um, up in Uari. Um, there's a guy there's that some big Land Cruiser people up there. One. Yeah, there's a guy I can't remember. Uh, I know it used to be called Sweet Brown Eighty. Uh, but it's oh, like he's yeah. he's chopped that thing up, dude. He's is that the that Lexus on forty twos guy now? It's yeah, I, I yeah, a different guy. I think I don't know. It might be. It's he he I does a lot of work ass. up in yeah. He does a lot of work up in UR, but I've seen him wheel and he's okay. it's strong. Not the same guy. Not the same okay, guy, Jeff. The, the guy, guy you're talking okay, about yeah. is out west. Okay, yeah. got it. So, Will, there's this guy. I'll pull him up on Instagram real quick. Uh, so for future reference, we're, I think I'm going to integrate this with YouTube. And so we okay. can do live streaming of the podcast. And so the folks that are dope. listening can follow along and, and we'll share it out when we do it, but, uh, we're going to do it and, and you can do it where zoom integrates with it. So like, this will just be like a live stream on YouTube. We can connect it so with, I'll have to with start your YouTube channel. We do these then. Yeah. As yeah, well. You can't be naked anymore. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Steve's really struggling with not being naked on the podcast. <laughs> That's why Steve's not here. <laughs> That's why Steve's not here. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we have to at least comment on the fact that, that Steve, the resident engineer, doesn't have good internet at his house. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> oh, speaking so. of that, so my buddy got Starlink. And uh, 200, okay. yeah, 200 plus down and 13 up, and he's sitting in the middle of Arizona desert right now. That's awesome. That's, that's hey, crazy. hey, give it, man, give it like 10 years, and that'll be their biggest yeah. revenue source, probably. They'll be like, we yeah, don't even make so. cars anymore. We just deliver internet I'm pretty, to the world. I'm pretty stoked <laughs> about that, dude. If I can get, if I can guarantee, you know, 50 to 80 down and 10 to 20 up anywhere, then I'd be happy. But you don't even need 5G internet at that. You don't need 5G phone service. You just do it over Wi-Fi. Everything's over Wi-Fi everything at Wi-Fi. that point. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is that guy, Will. So he busted up his 80 series. This is Lexus on 42s on Instagram. If you uh, if you want to check him out. 
but yeah. he he went out wheeling his 80 busted up his door here like just totally mangled his entire back half of his land cruiser yeah and <laughs> i saw i like and, it in fucking bankrupt overland fashion just cut that shit off like no like, don't need I'm that anymore we don't even need that door actually i don't want to fix it i'm just going to cut the whole <laughs> i got we got to find i'm going to find this guy and get him on cuz i got to know this story of like where yeah. you go in your mental place you're like i'm just going to cut this family wagon <laughs> yeah. in half <laughs> He's like, actually, I wouldn't have done this if that wasn't there. I mean, he's got so much piping. But, yeah, so he's straight up that building really this thing, cool. man. Look at this. See, I really admire people that do that stuff, man. It's That takes a like, lot, too. And once you get out there and you start working at it and you start doing it, like, man, I'm telling Like, just, okay, here's where I struggle. It's hard to even fathom how you got to get into the right position and hold the damn welder and or grinder <laughs> when you're using it just yep. to make the shit do right. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of stuff that those guys, man, you got to really give those guys some kudos because that's a lot of hard work doing that stuff. Even even some of these stuff that you look at and you're like, wow, it's a simple build. Yeah, no, dude, it's it looks simple, but there's still a lot to it. It gets it's, very it's complicated, a, yeah. It's the folks that, you know, it's it's really easy in today's world to not have to really learn a trade to be successful, right? Like yeah. you don't and and one thing that, you know, just growing up, growing up I, you know, I didn't start working with my mouth selling and shit until yeah. uh until I got out of college. And so before that it was all manual labor, trade stuff, like that's what I did for money. And so I learned like it takes time to learn to do these things, right? You can't just do them overnight. You got to practice. You got to show that you're not going to cut your damn hand off or burn yep. a hole through your leg. And you, know, <laughs> you got to work up. And, and, you know, we've kind of forgotten what that is. And it's just so much like you're saying respect to those folks that you don't get good at welding without doing it. You got to do the work, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, that's yes, one of those, yeah. those skills that, you know, you get better when you do it. And I don't know. I just have a lot of appreciation for those types of skills because you know that someone has has focused on this for for years to be as good as they are and and that's the thing to those people that's why they charge labor bro that's the one thing that i've had to, to to come to realize too is like there's a reason that you try like anybody says that you know oh man if you go here they're gonna charge you this that and the other well okay you go out there and can you do it yourself you can do it yourself but that guy that knows how to do it's probably got some kind of trick or, you know, some kind of like, like we talked about with flipping the bolts around and cutting the heads off yeah. the bolts and coming in at the, those little tricks that you get, those come throughout time. That comes from somebody that didn't want to take the engine out to replace the steering rack. And he yeah, knows exactly. that. So rather than yeah. you spending a whole day on your back underneath some jack stands trying to figure that shit out. You give it to that guy, and that guy knows these things to slap the parts in and out, you know? Yeah, and that's what yeah. you're really paying for is that experience and education and time that they uh, spent learning it. True stories. True stories, man. A lot of respect for those guys. They do uh So what are you do doing to work. pack and get ready for your Moab trip? Oh man. So yeah. So we were, we were going to talk about that a little bit of kind of what, you know, what to look for. And you mentioned, you hit it nail on the head earlier, just talking about maintenance and I'll kind of start there. Cause that's, that's kind of base one, right? If you, if you're going to go do yeah. a few thousand mile trip, maintenance is, is important. So I've, I've been left like the Jeep was maintained, but it's a Jeep remind you uh, a classic Jeep at that, but it was maintained and I, it broke down in Louisville, Kentucky, which is about four hours or Lexington, Kentucky, about four hours from Nashville. So not, not that far, but 
I, I've had to figure out how to get my car home broken. You know, they yeah, don't just sell. Fun. They don't sell parts for a 1982 Jeep at O'Reilly's. So, no, you know, no. when it broke, it was kind of just broken and I had to figure out how to get it home. So I literally had to go rent a U-Haul truck, rent a U-Haul trailer. That was my cheapest option on a Monday that yep. I was supposed to be working uh, to go <laughs> and get <laughs> my, my Jeep uh, back to Nashville from Lexington to, and I took it to the shop that did the work originally and they, they repaired it all as, as you'd expect them to. Um, but still I had to, I had to, pay a lot to get it done. Yeah, yeah, and so I learned a good lesson on my first real trip, <laughs> which was, you know, pay the, pay the little bit of money now to do the thing you think about might need to be done because yeah. that little bit of money now is you can multiply it or square it or whatever you want to do once you're out in the middle of nowhere and you're stuck. Um, so with that story in mind, we have been doing, going through just about everything we can on the Land Cruiser fluids have all been done for maintenance wise. Um, you know, when you're doing water crossings and getting in the, like we talked about that red clay rally mud up in Kentucky and that kind of stuff, like stuff gets in your diffs. Like I, I opened my transfer case fill plug and fluids came out like for a good Dang. second. So, you know, that, that Dang. tells you, you know, when you fill up a transfer in. case with fluid, you fill it up until the fluids come out, you let them drain out and then you put yeah. your, your fill plug back in. Meaning that when you take your fill plug out, no fluid should come out of your transfer case. <laughs> exactly. Well, somehow fluids have gotten into my transfer case and those said fluids came out. So good, good, good time to change out that fluid, change out the rear diff fluid. The front diff was, was done recently. So we've got all the major, you know, axle and gearing components were changed. Oil change, of course, greasing up all your, all your grease points you can. Just grease up the drive shafts and stuff. I mean, oh yeah, there's only oh, yeah. a couple points that have greasable joints, right? The drive you've got shaft. two slip yokes, the front and the rear, obviously, yep. and then all the U-joints on the drive yeah. shaft. All the U-joints need to be, yeah. yeah. You want, especially going out west where it's going to be dry and dusty and stuff. You want to keep stuff from getting into those. Um, yeah, and, and so, that's, I did that on the rally. Remember when in my drive shaft was clicking Tinking, mm -hmm. we were in the middle of the rally, and I'm like, dude, I don't think I greased my drive shaft ever. And we're all like, hey, anyone got a grease gun? My my U joints are clicking, and my drive shaft's clicking. So we did the slip yoke, and then both U joints, and I mean, it went away. And I drove it like that for another six eight months before I replaced the U joints because <laughs> it, it just kind of went away. I just kind of <laughs> yeah, just kind of went away. They're like self-healing, man. These things, I love them. Yeah, I love sometimes, them. yeah. Uh, sometimes you can catch them, and it's like, hey, man, we ain't got no oil. It's like, oh shit, and you put some oil in, and it's like, ah, appreciate it. <laughs> let me fill you up, <laughs> yeah. homie. We good. Thanks for telling. You me. almost forgot about me, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, thanks for telling me, bro. <laughs> I swear I won't do that again. <laughs> you were bad, My bad dad. dog. <laughs> you a bad friend, you know man. apple overheated on me uh from that mud out in uh and yeah. out where you guys are uh it got caked up in the radiator yeah. and uh so i was sitting well pumba was sitting in there while i went into rei looking for something he was chilling in the ac and it was uh, in i came out warmer summer right yeah it was in columbia uh before i left and I'd came out. Well, luckily it wasn't the summer. Luckily it was, it was still mild, but it was 70 degrees, 80 degrees. And when I came out, the air was blowing hot and I thought my AC compressor went out because 
I thought that's the only thing that could really happen to Toyota is like maybe yeah. the AC stops working, you know? So I was kind of pissed about it. And I thought maybe if I got on down the road, some air over the condenser. And then as I got down the road, I noticed that the temperature gauge was just pegged all the way to hot, man. That's uh, <laughs> already bombing down the freeway. Yeah. So, well, so then I <laughs> cut it off. I was in downtown Columbia, South Carolina. I had about a 30 minute ride to get back to Lexington. Oh, and uh, it was almost rush hour. So I turned the engine off, set in a parking lot with the heat on full blast. So it was just on accessory. The heat was yeah. on full blast. And that helps to exhaust some of the heat from the engine for guys that don't know or ladies that don't know. I had to, it helps I had to, to do that in Utah last summer. I had to drive yep. all the trails. I had to drive with my heater on. With the heat on the blast. Oh, couldn't right. keep up. It was overheating. Yeah. So I did that and it got down and I started it up and it kind of bubbled a bit, which scared me. I thought I'd blown the head gasket, but it worked itself out because it's a Toyota. And then I got on. <laughs> I got onto the interstate and just you know stayed pinned on that on that temperature gauge, looking at it. And man, I did the classic: throw the hazards on and just drive as fast as I possibly could on the interstate, all the way back to Lexington, South Carolina. Got it in Lexington, and uh, I went straight into O'Reilly's and replaced the thermostat because, in you know. In all my knowledge of vehicles, I've always known the thermostat. If, if your car overheats, that's the first place you start is the thermostat might not be working. And I replaced I mean, that. And solid, then, uh, solid, yeah. Yeah, so I replaced that, and then uh, it overheated again on me, and I looked at the radiator, and I was like, oh, wow. So I took the radiator out and pressure washed it from the backside. It was and, bad. Dude, you should have it seen it. It was really yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah, I you guys like, saw the video. how yeah. does that even happen? That sandstone mud in in uh, Tennessee and Kentucky, man, it just got up in there and just created like a like a cement wall on that radiator. I probably it was complete. I mean, I did that. the lower what 55 percent, sixty percent was completely Clogged, just completely. Yeah, you couldn't see through it. It was just not at all total dirt. Yeah, and that's you know, that's when you dip. I mean, I I didn't know this before I moved here, but you dip into these mud holes that are super you know super sharp angle and you dip in and your front like headlights are almost in the mud because it's such a steep angle getting into these but then they're not really that deep they're only you know what a foot and a half two feet deep but that angle going in dips your whole front end and then you just kind of dip and it's like they're dug out yeah it's like you're dipping a candle in in the wax and you know you dip it a couple times and then you're totally just full up of caked mud and every time I, I wash my car, I, I literally stick the power washer, just blowing through the front, the lower radiator, just because of that. And, you know, if you're on a long road trip or, or literally traveling the U.S. as you are, you're not really doing that. No, but it's not something you're really thinking about because you don't. Well, have the and the condenser it. covers it up. So yeah. it's hard to it's do It's hard that. to see. Yeah. 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 So mm. take it to a quarter car wash every once in a while. And, yeah, uh, spray that thing backwards if you can. Spray it in yeah. there backwards. LJ, did you get any new like upgrading fun stuff? I mean, I know maintenance is cool and all, but like that's not fun like the shiny new things. Did you get any like new shiny gadgets and gizmos you're stoked to use on your next trip or what? Uh, not too much on this one. Um, we've been pretty dialed in. the The main things we upgraded was we finished. I finished the conversion over to soft recovery gear. Okay, so. 
uh, picked up some soft shackles. You know, we're all synthetic winch line now. Got a closed system for winching as well. No more hooks. Um, and so, did you get some new tires? What? No, not <laughs> since Red Clay. No, again. <laughs> no, Red Clay uh, Rally was the last the, time we put the the MTs the on. Yeah. All so three of it, us. Uh, Did you know, Will? It, all, all three, me, Eric, and LJ, all got brand new tires for the, the Red rally. Clay. For the Red Clay Rally, dude. If I wouldn't have had mm. new, I had new-ish tires. I had those new mud trains, and I'm yeah. telling you now, if I didn't have mud trains out there chasing you guys around, there would have been no way that I would have been able to. I wouldn't have been able to go through those trails. I don't think. I'm surprised you got to all the points you did because you were you were parked at a point where you were filming vehicles go up that were fully kitted out <laughs> that could barely make it up and i'm like oh fuck How did you take a side trail to be up there though i did but i didn't tell anybody but you guys that so whenever they would come <laughs> struggling they would come <laughs> struggling up this fucking hill and they're all like in these crazy built ships you know and then i just look at them and be like i don't know man the forerunner made it <laughs> So he said that to us that day, and then when he rode with us the next day, he was like, "Oh hell no!" There was a side trail I came There's up. It was like a regular old cruiser. Well, in my defense, the the map said that there was a bypass for anybody less than forty. That's there. right. I forgot about there yeah. was actual. There was one I there. It was yeah. a thirty. Anything less than forties? Wait, that was. The I think f- it was forties yeah, or maybe thirty-seven. They did that before the forty bypass. Yeah, uh, forty. Well, we ro- we drove straight up. I didn't that know bitch. we drove up. Oh, dude, everybody bypass. did. Nobody knew that there was a bypass. You should have said. But to be honest with you, there was a lot of people um, that they built their skill level. I watched people grow as a driver right there at that very spot, and I watched a some people break. Holes. Yeah, but I watched people in that very spot become good drivers, and it was after they went through that learning experience that I would tell them, you know, there was a bypass down at the bottom down there. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, i don't know how man. many friends i made that day but uh but yeah you know but it wouldn't have been fair if i was sitting there telling people that's kind of how i looked at it It wouldn't have been fair if i was telling people how to run the course either so yeah oh it wouldn't that's um well I, I was one of the obstacles that i was very beneficial of having jeff find the wrong line first and then find <laughs> yeah. the right line <laughs> because he was he i think he went to the right jeff and you were like no, this isn't going to work. And you kind of backed back down and then went that left line that you ended up going all the way up. And so yeah, you get to the so. top and you just call over the radio. You said, hang left, put your you know wheel on this rock and you'll be good. And so, you know, I did it and got up. Will's like, high five to my front wheel as it was in the air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then freaking Eric should put us all to shame. He put that FJ almost oh, on two wheels put, as he came over he that. Put it high. That front was high. <laughs> he did I get up there that. pretty high. Uh, Dude, the craziest one was that old short wheelbase Bronco. That old Bronco, the old school one, the ultimate yeah, adventure one. Dude. Dude, he came bouncing up that thing. I was like, whoa, yeah. uh, whiskey throttle, huh? Yeah, he was just I, all four wheels. I think left the ground at one point because he came up there with a lot of guts and glory, man. A lot of speed, and he just yeah, he just knew he was just going to go right over that rock, and that rock was uh, that rock caught his wheel right, man, and he did a little bunny hop, and after that, he was like, "Oh, I got to crawl this." 
It's it's hard to know yeah. out there. It really it is, is hard you out really there. You really don't know what you're gonna do. I mean, and to be honest, sometimes man, you'll get in a crawl mode and you can crawl right up stuff. And then sometimes if you just pin it and and let Jesus take the wheel, bro, sometimes you'll just crawl right up stuff that way too. It's it's hard <laughs> to tell, man. It really is. There was one spot where I think you were filming Will and maybe Eric was there too, because it was a point where Jake was right in front of me. And he, he's front and rear locked on. He, I think he was running 37s. 37s. I think, so. 37s. I think he is on 37s now. And I'm That's on 35. well built 80. well built 80. Yeah. And and we I, we were turning on this. It was like a, a left-hand turn, and it was like in a mud and a rut. And Jake went through it, and he was literally wide open going like one mile per hour, just trenching through this mud. And I was like, Oh damn, dude, this is gonna be bad. So I'm I'm like reach over and I hit the front and rear locker. I'm like, I'm going all in here. And I'm like, okay, I can go up a little bit higher to the right. Well, I went up a little bit higher to the right, and they can hear the camera guys. I don't know who it was. They were going, pin it, pin it, you're gonna get stuck, you're gonna get stuck. And I'm like, I feel solid right now. And I literally just idled through this turn that he just hammered because you just took a little bit different of a line and uh, yeah. you, you just, you had the traction, you can just cruise right through it. So it's, it's so interesting of, of what lines, you know, you can take. Well, and two, you got to be honest here. Jake uh, is known for picking the hard line to take. <laughs> like he will take the hardest line. And he even said that a couple of times he would hang out in the window at the different places. I was at and yell out yeah. hard line, bitch. And then he would take the hard line, the hardest line that he could find. So if you're going to go wheel, and you might not want to follow that guy, because yeah. But he, it, whenever he makes it, it, it looks, uh, it looks damn good. Whenever he does make it, because oh, Marge exactly. knows how to party for sure, for sure. And he's triple locked, um, and he, he's he's locked all the way around, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He just I swapped out so, the yeah. axles. Yeah, I think from... he did the swaps himself, didn't he? he this just year, yeah. Some... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, those, uh, those, those trails out there, are, uh, are definitely pretty gnarly and mud terrains would not, uh, anything less than mud terrains would have, uh, would have been pretty bad. Now out in Moab though, where you're going, I'm a friend. I know, um, I know when we were all in, in Colorado, Lee was giving you hell about those all terrains, but I'll be honest, man, out West. And for the most part, I'd say for a solid 80% of the time when you're wheeling, those all terrains are, Perfect. You don't need anything oh, more sure. than a good set of all terrains. But for the 10 or 20% of time that you really want to have a mud terrain, God, they're an invaluable tool, man. They're it's an nice invaluable to tool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, I was to the point where I had already spent a lot of money on the lockers and <laughs> gears. And I was just like, if I'm doing all this, I'm just going to go ahead and we're going to finish this build. Right. And we're putting yeah. on some big old muddy meaties and we're not going to worry about it. And it's just going to be it. And that's what we did. Well, uh, you, so now, you said it's dialed and it is. Yeah. And now those, the all trains are going to go in the Jeep. So they're not, oh, they're sweet. not going to go wasted. They're, they're going to get used for, for good stuff. Wait, um, you have newer all terrains than what you had in Colorado though, right? No, those are the all terrains we're going to put on the Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> they, I, they got like 60% tread on them for sure. Okay. For serious. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's math. 
and science and stuff. It's math and science. Uh, distance yeah, so we'll time. see. Maybe maybe before okay. the rally next year, I might put MTs on the Jeep, but it's definitely going to yeah, get you're those. Taking uh, the route, you're taking that to the rally, right? That's my goal. Um, now, it is an old Jeep, and I don't want to get stuck in Kentucky again. So, uh, you know, if it's <laughs> not ready, it's not it ready. With the 100, you could always trailer it I was it about to say, just uh, – if, if, if I trailer it, I'm trailering it with this. I'm not trailering it with the 100. I don't want to break well, two of my you vehicles. you could use the 100 after <laughs> it breaks down, and then you could actually – That's a good point. You might be safer using the Toyota than the GMC, dude. <laughs> uh, it's, well, I would really think that, but it does have a new transmission. We just put a new one in, so – isn't that uh, terrible? What year yeah. is that thing? It's a 15. That's terrible, bro. So 100,000 miles. 100,000 miles and you blow a transmission and 100 series owners are mad about blowing their diff at 250? That's what yeah. I'm saying, man. Oh, yeah. terrible. Come on. 100K terrible. transmission shit the bed. And that's common on these General things. Motors, like it's known. I know. It is. Like it's You're just, right. It's known. So like the guy, the shop that I took it to to fix it, like they were like, oh yeah, like the lady had the like the price written on a sticky note on her computer, like that's how common it is. Oh, she yeah. was like, here it is, we upgrade these parts, this part, this part, this part. That's what sucks in the, from the factory. Like, you know, it just yeah. gave me the so run. What you, last did, what you didn't see was the, no, it'll last another hundred. Oh uh, yeah, I give <laughs> it hundred hundred fifty. Same parts back in it. I've got that another four years. I'll unload it at 200K because at 200K, everything on those fucking ends up going. What you didn't see was the guy in the background, LJ, rubbing his hands together talking about easy money. Hey, they were busy, (laughs) man. They were just, they were lucky to get me in. They were like, all right, we'll get you three weeks from now. I was like, wow. All right. I was like, how long will it take you? Two days. Jesus. (laughs) Two days. They basically, you know, they pull it down and yeah, in, in two days they have them fully rebuilt in ter- in their shop. Like nothing leaves their shop. And then yeah, you get they back. know all the pieces that are broke. Yep. And so wow. it's uh it's 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 that common on those. And there were, I mean, no less than four or five in the parking lot of the same the same oh, model. Man. It's just terrible. terrible. It's absolutely terrible. horrible. They're just That's they got all the tools on a like a on a little towel ready to go. Yeah, they probably have exactly. two guys. They probably sell do those. They probably sell all day it, long, yeah. all day long, <laughs> two to three guys. All they're doing are those like, they're like, yeah, we, we put two to three of those through a week. That's our, that's our goal. That's our plan. Like, so, you know, yep. they just got guys that that's all they do every day. Like I'm just rebuilding another fucking GMC Chevrolet transmission. I can't remember which general motor transmission it is, but back whenever I was uh, running a service shop, there was a, it literally was a little rubber it was like a thick rubber band. It was about this. It was, I mean, it was small. It was a little bitty thing. If you guys can see what I'm holding up, but um, at any rate, that one piece was a common failure point in those transmissions. And it was a seven and a half hour job to replace that one piece. And when when you went in, yeah. When you went in to replace that seven hour piece, it was, there was no point for you to take everything apart and not replace like multiple other pieces while you were already in there because you would likely have to end up replacing them down the road anyway. Yeah. And yeah, Jeez. seven and a half Just hour not a job. Toyota, not a Toyota vehicle. General Motors, man. Yeah. So <laughs> Toyota, man, they got that shit about figured out, bro. So close. to your point, Jeff, you know, people get mad about blowing a diff at 260 K trying to feel like it was an inadequate product. And <laughs> yeah. What could I have done differently? Like, yeah, you need to get general motors. People think that it's okay. Yes. That a hundred thousand miles. Is up, that, oh, 
All I, had to I do don't think it's okay. Now I am <laughs> subjective to the, the, the torture, but yeah. I am not okay with yeah. it. I do not think it is right. If yeah. you uh, ask someone that isn't into vehicles or Toyotas, what is a high mileage vehicle? What would they say? Hundred K. Hundred K, and it's done. Yeah. When yeah. I told my I wife how many miles my Land Cruiser, the hundred series that she's driving, had on it when I was going to buy it, she was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, it's fine." 200 why Dude, when i saw what you guys were paying for those things with the amount of miles on them i couldn't believe it at first <laughs> dude what yeah. they're paying now is crazy like i paid now nine grand nuts. for mine and that was in 2018 and it was the market was starting to rise then right i bought it yeah. with 220,000 miles 9k but it was clean right y- y'all were just talking about how clean it is on the inside yeah, it's a clean. it was a nice well-kept vehicle now I knew I was going to buy it and beat the shit out of it, so you know let's just put that on the table. But you know, it was, it was you still... were going to put more money than you paid for it into gears and tires. <laughs> About the same. <laughs> nah, it was less. It was less. It was less than I paid for it. I will say that. Not by hey, much. In LJ's defense, though, he could have he could have spent three times that amount and got a side by side that wouldn't get him back and forth to work. It's right. It's true. No, it's true. It's true. It's very true. Uh, yeah. And and I don't I don't plan to get rid of the Land Cruiser. So I'm gonna no, get my dude, money out of no it. Reason one to. way or yeah. another. Like even when dude, I get a new vehicle, like, I'm just gonna keep that. Like that's just a it's an expedition vehicle now. Like that's what that's what it is. And yeah, I will so, not trade it in. I will not pass go. I will not collect two hundred dollars. I will drive I that thing it. until it is no more. But that's like I most, feel that way about Apple. Most owners of of the of the land cruisers is you, you typically hear of them just keeping the vehicle. Yeah. They're not, yeah. they're not your typical owners. And like, I don't, I'm not like a new land cruiser buyer, but like, you know, <clears throat> that, that buyer is someone who is buying this vehicle for an investment for a long time. They're going to give it to their kids or they're going to keep it at their mountain properties. And it's like, it's such a different mindset. You know, I don't think there's another vehicle that's made that is like, kind of like that. No, nah, I'd be at Land Rovers. Yeah, right. I mean, I think I think they have a little bit of a following. Um, yeah, but like that's about it. Like they've got a following, but that doesn't make them as not the same. It's it's not the same. I agree, but like just people like like you said, Jeff, they like buy it to keep it. Like I, I can see that being that being something. But outside of those two, like there's not unless you're getting a classic vehicle. I don't see yeah. it. I don't see it. But yeah, I won't get rid of it. It's just it's just going to be in the family and you know it's going to be what it is and even if it gets totaled i'll still just hold on to it and part it out like i still won't let it like go <laughs> yeah he says that now jeff but he flips that thing over and win rock one day and then they offer him 25 grand for it don't you think he'd probably take it well, yeah go gone. they offered me 25 yeah. and flipped of he'd course be like I'd, well I'd i was it. gonna take i was gonna keep it but yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't. It depends on how much of it is, is tore up. If it's just the back, I I, I would I might use it <laughs> and just put a flatbed yeah. back there. Yeah, there you go. Just chop off the whole back. That seems to be a going trend. I've seen a couple of those things like that. I got. I don't know why not use it. Throw throw an eighty series axle up front and then send it. What's the uh, what is the the upgrade that you do to a Land Cruiser um, to to make it stronger and beefier? Like I just can't think like. So for, for the forerunner guys, right, like our steering racks, those are the weak points for us. And if you want to go all out, most people just replace it with another factory rack because I say that's the weak point. But again, it's 162,000 miles of hardcore abuse on it. 
And the only thing that's really gone bad is the bushing. So all I'm experiencing right now is not a total failure. What I'm experiencing is a, yeah, is a minor inconvenience when I'm, you know, like I hear rattling and that's what you experience. So it's not like it's a total failure. It's not something that's leaving you on the side of the road. So I would still call that, you know, that's still good quality in my eyes, but the the upgrade to it would be, uh, people do a lot of fabrication and they put a land cruiser steering rack in it. So yeah, is there something that. that, yeah, is there something that people do to those land cruisers? Like, is there a common weak point that, that you guys have to maneuver around or no? I mean, you have, I mean, I think the whole IFS and front suspension steering, a lot of the steering necessarily, but the front suspension for sure is a weak point being IFS compared to a solid axle. But yeah. I mean, really the only thing that you're going to upgrade that isn't overbuilt and over-engineered is going to be putting lockers in it, in my opinion. Like right? the, the transfer case will hold up to, you know, 37s. The axles yeah. will hold up until they don't, and then you put lockers in and they will. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, that's, yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think, like, what do we, you know, you want to get clearance, so just get armor. But as far as mechanically, yeah. I mean, you got the four seven engine, which is a million mile engine, and as long as you don't overheat it and keep it properly lubricated, you you should have a a recipe for long longevity. You don't hear of the transmissions going out at a hundred k for sure. No, um, no, <laughs> no, never. What about uh, those new are uh, those uh, first gen Sequoias? How do you guys feel about those things? Because those are kind of in the price range that. Uh, you can get those sub tens now and they got the four seven in them. They've got a solid rear axle. The old body style does. Um, yeah. The first and, gen. Yeah. You know, the first gen. And I've seen some guys doing some crazy stuff with those. Do you think those, those are going to be as reliable and as well built as the uh, land cruisers? Yeah. I, I mean, it, why not. It, 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 it can be, but I'm not saying it's not as well built. I would say the, 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 the Land Cruiser is kind of like the F2 or F350 of the F150s. That's a good okay. way of putting it. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a really good um, way. Because, well, if you look at the, like the, you know, take the tie rods, for instance, or the shocks. Right. Like, you're going to get a, a, a bigger, well, a larger diameter uh, tie rod. The the front rack is going to be, you know, much beefier. Like, you're like all those accessory components that you don't really think about like those are where the land cruiser they built for 25 years as opposed to a, a lower life in the sequoia yeah that's so, true. I, I would i would probably agree with that because you're right the first gen uh the first gen tundras and the first gen sequoias suffer that same steering that's why i had assumed that you guys were familiar with that is i thought that was a common toyota deal but uh but then i thought about the, it, it it's the Toyota, the 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 Forerunners, Tacomas, FJs. It's a problem with okay. those vehicles. Those, okay. And and it's and I don't think it's as much of a problem with the the tie rods breaking or when people put 33, 35s on those yeah. vehicles. Yeah. It's just so much leverage. So looking at I just typed in 2016 Toyota Forerunner weight, 44 to 4,800 pounds. So okay. V6, 4,800 pounds. The two thousand yeah, floats like a butterfly, baby. The two thousand two like two thousand two <laughs> cruiser, which is the hundred series, is fifty one fifteen. Yeah. So five thousand one hundred fifteen. So only what three three hundred pounds more? And it's all probably in the components. And, and I would have thought it was much heavier. 
it's a much bigger seen. vehicle. Um, but if you look at the size of the tie rod of a of a hundred series and you put it next to the tie rod of a forerunner, it looks like a stick versus a two by four. It's really? That big, big of a difference. difference. It's a big difference. Wow. And it's the difference of, of a F-150 to like a 250 or 350. Yeah. <clears throat> so when you see the difference of those tie rods, that's the that's the best way I can compare it. Because a Tacoma, a Forerunner, a Prado, um, a GX, they're all the same chassis, basically. The same components, the same steering racks. They're the same um upper control so are you thinking that i should just put a land cruiser uh steering rack on apple now that i gotta replace it anyway i mean that's a big job so is it you gotta change a lot because i think you have to for the so i watched uh a guy that we're actually going to utah with he just did a long travel kit on his fifth gen and put in the 200 series steering rack and uh it's a dude it's a dude in your video it's the 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 money shot in your video oh yeah man he's and that yeah, but if he's but he knows how to do that shit, bro. That guy he's knows. a fabricator. He, he's a master. Yeah, fabricator. he knows what he's doing. Yeah. yeah, he knows what he's doing. Um, <laughs> so he put one in, and he had to. He essentially built his tie rod ends and built them all out of like heim joints, and like he had to make all of that himself. From what I I kind of got out of it, um, and so from that perspective, you got some serious it's not fabrication. Like a bolt. It's not a direct bolt up like the. Uh, the yeah. frontiers and the titans when they did the titans he had, he yeah like the frontiers and titans put new man. mounts on he had to weld some new mounts on things like that wow. like there was some there was some fabrication that he did maybe he didn't have to do all that but he definitely did some yeah, welding I'm and if he just upgraded to heim joints instead of using traditional tie rods and different things like that i have to reach out to him i didn't realize that's who had done that i'll have yeah, to reach out did. to him and see he he yeah. built he rebuilt the whole thing. He cut basically the all the old suspension out. Like he had a clean. You know frame. he had KDSS on his as well. Cut that out. Gone. Yeah, it's been gone. gone. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I got rid of all the KDSS remnants on Apple. Nice. Yeah. So what is that? Is that like a stability? Like it's like a uh, hydraulically uh, controlled stability system. So whenever so like a sway like bar, a, but sway bar disconnect. Right? Okay. It's like a sway bar disconnect, and I'll be completely honest with you. So. At uh, Nick's event, Overland Nashville, that event that we went to, the toy yeah, the run. toy drive. That, uh, he does. Yeah. So when we went to that, memory had that flex ramp. And remember I did that mm-hmm. flex ramp? Okay. Um, I did that flex ramp there, and there was a forerunner, and I was fully KDSS. I was fully stock suspension there. There was no upgrades at all. And that uh, there was a stock, another stock forerunner that just disconnected his rear or maybe it was his front one. Uh, he had just had one disconnected and he went just a tad bit higher than me. Uh, he still went higher than me. Uh, but then after totally disconnecting it, getting the new suspension and putting the 33s on there, I went and did a ramp and I'll be completely honest with you guys. It rides a little bit better off road, but if I had to do it all over again, you might as well just leave the KDSS. It's not that big of a difference. So now there is a big good. difference. Yeah, it works really good. There is a big difference between a stock SR5 um, uh, with non-KDSS and KDSS. Oh, I can sure. see. Yeah, I can see the difference when I'm wheeling with those guys. They get on three wheels a lot. So 
if I was, if I was, uh, to do it all over again, if I had a, you know, a forerunner that I was just getting started with and I wanted better travel, I would absolutely get rid of the sway bars. But if I had a forerunner and that I was getting started with and it came equipped with the KDSS, I just leave the KDSS because the on-road performance of the KDSS far outweighs the off-road performance of not having any sway bars. If Does that just eat it up? Dude, it's in the mountains, like headed up 40 from Asheville to, um, from Asheville to yeah. Knoxville. Yeah. In those yeah. stock on with the KDSS and the stock size all-terrain tires, 90-95 feels like I'm in a sports car. But okay. now with uh, with no uh, with no sway bars, it feels like I'm in a death trap. <laughs> so it's not I, that bad. The I did the exact opposite of you, about. Will. Yeah, I did the exact opposite. So I I when mine was lifted and all that, my front sway bar is just it just feels real loose on the road. I mean, it's great yeah. off road, but it just feels real loose on the road. So right. I went in and put it in a white line sway bar. Um, it's a aftermarket sway bar company from Australia. And I put a huge, I mean, it's, it's almost, it's probably, I don't know, one and a half times bigger than the factory bar. It's beefy. Mm-hmm. And I put that on and on road, it drives like a dream. It doesn't tilt. It doesn't, it doesn't lean. Really? I mean, I can rip the thing. I can, I can get the back to like, you know, kind of slide out because it's holding so well on the front, mm. but when I go off road, I have to disconnect it. Yeah. It doesn't work. It, it works, but during the and rally. And that's the beauty of that KDSS. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole point of like, you know, yeah. like the Jeep Wranglers have it and the, the sway bar disconnects. It's a, it's a tricky thing to do. And with the KDSS, it, it just has that hydraulic arm that's on one side of it. And it just makes it a, a movable mount. And it Yeah. Really and everybody's well. argument against it is whenever it goes bad, it's an expensive system. And it absolutely is. I'm here to tell you it's an expensive system. You're looking at somewhere between 2000 to 3000 probably to get that system on and working wow. again. Just the pump in the actuator is uh, somewhere around a $1,200 part. But I'll tell you this. I have heard of less than a handful amount of people that have had an issue with it. And as somebody who is selling a perfectly working good pump, trying to sell a perfectly good <laughs> pump actuator for only $500. I have had not one single person even reach out to me about it. It's on eBay. It's on the marketplaces. It's huh. on all the forerunner forums, the reddits. It's on all that. And it's probably uh, because they aren't breaking, right? Like you're not going to buy that. That's the only thing breaks. that I could assume. Yeah. That's the only thing that, cause that's a significant amount of money you're saving. And somebody's yeah. going to spring for a, a save. Like all you have to do is just take the actuator off with two bolts and then put the, the hoses into it. And you got you a new a working KDSS again. Yeah. And if <laughs> nice. your KDSS is not working, then I would definitely go out on a limb and spend 500 bucks. And like, you know, I'd give somebody their money back. if They took it and said, for whatever reason, it wasn't working, you know? And, and I'd be happy to tell anybody that, but I just haven't had anybody even remotely interested in it, which tells me they're just not going out. They just don't break. Yeah, they, you know? They're not breaking yeah. How do you know if it's broken? Really see, do you get like a well, check engine light? Does the ride the get KDSS rougher? The KDSS light comes on. You okay. get a KDSS light. Yeah. So you do get a notification. Um, but, yeah, but it you would probably feel it too. 
but it's a sealed hydraulic system that like, unless the line gets broken or something like that, I just don't see where the failure point would be. That's what I'm thinking. You know? Like your pump might go out it's or like something. It's like AHC. But... It's like AHC. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. concept. It's a hydraulically yeah. operated system and it just lost. Yeah. How many megapascals does that system? Uh, uh, it's probably 32 or 33, right? Yeah, 30. I was going <laughs> to say 32, but you know, you took it out of my breath. I don't want to be uh. exact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's man. awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, well, man, uh, cool. yeah. So I don't think I have anything. I guess I got some, I got some boxes for the trip too. kind of coming back to that. Um, cause last trip, everything was just kind of like thrown around in there. And I quickly learned that in Utah, you will get your vehicle in angles that you don't Shit believe slosses. Yeah. a vehicle should be in. And so that was a big thing this year was getting some boxes that we can strap down. I mounted some, you know, some, um, uh, points to where I can put some straps in, nice. you know, so I got, That's I got key. pretty much everything in a box and strap it's where it can be strapped down now so there is nothing that will be loose except for like a couple backpacks for some personal items and that's about it everything else will be locked down and and secured which was last year it wasn't that big of a deal um and then until it was was. (laughs) and and then it was a big fucking deal uh after that So my biggest thing that I've struggled with just in in general and and through everything, not just this, but um, putting shit back where it goes. If you don't take the time to put shit back where it goes immediately, you'll either one lose it or two, it'll end up all over the place. Like what you're talking about. And that's a, that's a key point, not only in this, but in everything really is just, just put shit back where it goes, man. But you need to stop by and go see Steve and get him to organize your boxes for you. And then you just won't even have to worry <laughs> yeah. about it. Dude, man. that dude's got some organization done, man. I'm yeah, he should impressed. start a business with that shit, dude. All right. Does this bring you joy? Yes. Sure. Overland, or- does. Yes. Coffee. Overland <laughs> organizers with Steve. Toothpicks. He has a slot for everything. <laughs> He's going to listen does to this have and have that. Uh, I, fuck if I know. Probably. Jesus. <laughs> he's gonna listen to this and like go buy that domain again <laughs> yeah. oh, he opens up his drawer he's like my spatula's gone no nah, it's in there somewhere nope it's supposed to be right here it's fucking <laughs> gone <a> guys <laughs> yeah fucking yeah gone. me and will be like it might be in the front pocket check it check in the driver's door <laughs> oh you know what I had it when I was getting up something out the passenger seat <laughs> I went to the bathroom I set it down on the dash <laughs> Oh, oh yeah yeah that 100 yeah. is me yeah. <laughs> just like sure no me, no because i'll remember where it is once i like oh no 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 it's i know where it is <laughs> yeah damn you know what i put it on the roof when i was up there <laughs> i bet it's under the tent look at it i bet it didn't go anywhere <laughs> so oh. well, that's cool man so you're going out to moab and then any other plans or no nah, hanging just out with for a while? yeah yeah, so we're heading out. Um, we'll get in. So we'll we'll actually go to Albuquerque and hang a ride on 550. I love that saying because <laughs> if you have driven from anywhere east of the Mississippi River to that Utah area, you know that you just ride on 40 for what feels like two days. Yeah. And that's probably yep. because it takes about two days to it get 
<laughs> to or you can go the southern route and then you just ride I-10 all the way across. Uh, yeah, I haven't gone that far down yet. Um, but yeah, we go 40 and yeah, shoot out there, hit Albuquerque, hang a right on 550. And so we'll we'll go up through um Ure and tell your ride and and that run there, but should be hopefully we don't have like a big snowstorm that day because we won't be going that way. Um, yeah, because you're gonna be in April, so I don't know yeah. that you're gonna be able to do all the passes, huh? Oh well, no, we won't do the passes, but even just driving 550 that time of the year will be just beautiful. Yeah, strip. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you just you know, all the mountains covering snow and, and some of that road will be most likely covered in snow too, just because it's it's Colorado yeah. and it's not gonna melt, yeah. right? So There'll be some Moab will be that, fun though. Yeah, It'll weather be should be weather. nice. I don't think my Land Cruiser should overheat this time with highs no, in I was the gonna low seventies. Yeah, the highs will be in the low seventies, and at night it'll be forties and forties to sixties probably. It's great camping out there. Yeah, so you guys it. will have a blast. Yeah, we're hitting it before Easter Jeep Safari and these bigger events come into town too. So it should be which is a good time. A bit yeah, lower key. <laughs> right or kind of at the end of the winter season i guess before it really yeah. picks up out there for the year so pumped uh maybe keep a you know get a little bit of that but we're gonna go for basically moab and then hit dirt roads all the way down to lake powell for five days and so oh lake powell is um, beautiful this time of year too yeah, yeah. so uh, lockhart nice. basin elephant hill uh some of some you know we got there's a bunch of other ones out there too but there's those are some of the bigger ones that are on the list how long is the trip? spots Five days we'll be out. Um, I'll be in, in that area, and then we got to head back because I only got a week off of work because I'm about that long. Bro. Bro. I know. I know. Dude, I know it I sounds mean, crazy taking, to you, Will. Yeah. <laughs> you're taking all the fun out of it, man. You're just going to be going, 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 going. Yeah. So we're pretty much – yeah. So we'll leave. Uh, we'll leave, and it'll be, you know, camp, wake up, Go hit some yeah. trails. You know, I, I don't know if you ever watched those. Have you ever watched all the Ultimate Adventure yeah. uh, series yeah. on Motor Trend or YouTube, where yeah. mm-hmm. basically that same kind of concept, where it's a week and every day we're going to hit at least one trail that's kind of off roading. Um, yeah. And it's not going to be like crazy, you know, too much. You know, we'll, we'll, like I think one day we're only doing fins and things, right? And then we're going to be heading to camp. So well, dude, fins, fins and things is like a two-hour trail. So yeah, that's um, an all day deal. If you get a couple people on it. Oh, well, no, nah, that's not all day. But if you do fins and things and hells. Yeah. You're oh, okay. In. That's how I've always done it. You get on fins and then you go to hells and then you finish up. Are you yeah. guys going to camp right there in the, uh, in the sand dunes or the petrified uh, dune area? No, I'm not. No, we're not going to stay in that. We'll, we'll probably get out of Moab. I think we're, we'll do that in the morning and then we'll head out of Moab that day and start our trip gotcha. south um <clears throat> and they got nice. kind of campsites the guy that's organizing it has it all kind of planned out spots okay. each night you know so i like i'm pumped to just like be a you're just passenger. cruising you're just yeah. a follower yeah. in this whole thing like nice. i'm just gonna be hanging out with my brother-in-law he's cool as a yeah. fan uh cool chilling out watching some tv on the tesla screen chilling you know <laughs> seat warmers on just living that just, land cruiser life just just straight chilling like pumped to not be in charge uh not to think about anything not to make decisions just just be uh that's awesome it's it's hard to get to that point sometimes little man going with you no not this one not this one he's got school so you got a solo uh, trip i know yeah i'm excited yeah well uh, hey man sometimes you find yourself in the middle of nowhere and sometimes you find yourself in the middle of nowhere you know what i mean 
Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, that's cool, dude. Uh, You're going to have a It'll blast. be a good time. I'm pumped just to chill out, man. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's kind of big changes, I guess. The Yeah, soft shackle system, coming back to that a little bit. The boxes, everything's strapped down now. Fridge ain't going to bounce anywhere, even though it's mine now. Now that it's mine, I've got a good place to secure it. Um, yeah, I don't know why Steve mine, I don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> I don't know why. Like who lets who lets somebody who lets me borrow something like that of all things? Maybe he was trying to sell it. He was like, I know LJ will buy it. I mean, it worked. It <laughs> it's kind of like an insurance policy, really. Yeah, it does. He knew that if you uh, fucked it up, that you buy it from him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we pretty much got it dialed. So nothing, nothing major. Just some of the last last little things I, I've wanted to do from the trips, and it's ready, yeah. man. And. That's why I said I'll never sell it because it's it's to the point to where it's dialed in, yeah. It's just maintenance now, and like there's nothing I really want to do to it. Yeah, you've uh, done a couple or, once overs. It's just the it's the maintain. Yeah, yeah. Just fix what breaks now, right? Yeah. And the more you drive it, the more it breaks. So you know, I'm trying not to drive. I it still find much. myself <laughs> just like trying to find that perfect balance between minimal and everything that makes you comfortable when you're out there you know like obviously i don't have the hot water heaters and the and the stuff like that <laughs> and all that's and, and i'm not knocking anybody that has all that stuff because that stuff if that's what makes you comfortable and that's what's going to allow you to get out here and really enjoy yourself whenever you go then hey man by all means go get you a fucking water heater or, or a diesel heater or whatever you know teach their own but I still struggle. I feel like it's one of those golden carrots that I'm never going to get of like the perfect setup where I just, everything's dialed in perfect. And like, I find myself every time I go on one of these large trips, like I'm like, man, if I could just get this to be there and if I could get something that could take the place of this. And, you know, I just always feel like I'm tweaking on something. The truck itself, I'm lucky that we drive Toyota. So they're dialed in for the most part. Where I'm at with the truck is just everything now that I'm replacing is I'm, I'm taking a hard look at the things that are wearing out because I am getting some miles on it and I'm going, okay, do I want to replace this with something that the factory had done that worked for the 160,000 miles or do I want to replace this with something that might be bigger and beefier and better, but might, might also add some like tires. Down the road, tires are going to cause you to have other problems if you upgrade them. Steering yeah. rack is one of them. Ball joints is one of them. Bearings is one of them, right? So yeah, you got to really take a hard look at each one of those things. But for the most part, the truck styled in. But like you said, with the boxes and organizing stuff and getting stuff strapped down, and like I feel like I'm constantly chasing that balance. And I think that's what makes this uh, this whole thing fun, you know? Well, once you figure it out, you'll – you'll do it one more trip and find something else you want to dial in a little bit tighter. It's uh, I think it's, I think <laughs> no, you now, change too, right? Like I, I've, I've got changed. this little RC car. I just dial it in. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. You uh, gotta have toys for your toys. So you don't break your toys. And it's, it's it. that that's that complexity, but yeah, yeah we, the, you, go ahead. The whole, the whole, you know, what's your camp kit look like, you know, my camp kit, five years ago looked completely different than it does now. I didn't have a fridge. I didn't have a hot water shower as you right. say, Will. Right. But, but the thing is, is now that I have those, it, it makes it more convenient to take more people than just me and make those people more comfortable and make it easier, yeah. you know, cause you know, bringing your wife along or your kids along, yeah. and you're like trying to do dishes and you don't have yeah. running water anywhere. It's like, 
okay, here kids use this. And it's like, they dump the whole gallon water that you're supposed to use for three days into the wash bin. And you're like, damn it. But that is the one thing I haven't figured out is that part. dishes are horrible, but yeah. So that's the the whole concept of my little water tank that I built the little seven gallon with a little $30 pump from Amazon is I, I wrote on the little shower head, how long each thing lasts. So Mm. I timed it at my house the the mist there's a mist a mist spray that i call like the power washer and that lasts for like 17 minutes of just always just on constantly so i can hand that to the kids <coughs> excuse me on on day two and be like go to town kids like you can use it as much as you want because we we're going to be fine and then having that dedicated shower or dishes water Separate from your drinking is also good too, because you yeah. can waste all that. You don't have to worry about your drinking. Yeah, I had a solar shower system that I traveled with for a while, and uh, it was just a home built like PVC. It wasn't nothing as elaborate as what you got going on. <laughs> the mega fluxers of uh, <laughs> seventeen minutes and all that. I just knew <laughs> that it held somewhere around five gallons of water. And Christy and I used it probably two or three times on our trip. Whenever we went, that's what I built it for was so that way we'd have hot water. We used it once out at um, Moab, as a matter of fact, in that, uh, in the sand dunes there, where I was telling you, LJ, where you can camp at, there's actually some really cool campsites that if it's not busy, then they're really cool to be at because you're right there on those trails. But um, at any rate, we used that water and that water system was, I didn't realize how nice it was to have, an extra five gallons of water up there. Um, I got rid of it because I felt like we never really used it, but we used it for other things other than a shower, if that makes sense. So we use it for things like washing dishes Um, and washing dishes is that's one of the challenges on a long trip is finding what to do with your dishes and finding what to do with your dirty clothes. Right. Like those are, those are two things that, you know, a lot of people just kind of just bypass those two things, but they're actually really important, especially if you plan on cooking. Um, If you you plan on cooking over a lot of people. You can do paper, but if it's just Uh, yourself, you know, you start building up this trash and you're carrying it along. So it's like, you got to find a happy medium of, I have, I have plastic plates. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, you got COVID man. You good. You've been tested, dude. Yeah. I was sick last week. All last Let week. Let me put a mask on. COVID's over. Uh, get another cause. Yeah. Um, I'll be an Eastern European out. expert now. Yeah, you're gonna have to. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to bleep that out, or else they just won't even publish us. Oh man, they're gonna shut us down. Yeah. Um, the other thing we're talking about plates and stuff. So the yeah. plates is, I like my plastic plates because I can reuse them and just wipe them off. So you know. Yeah. If you have a if you have a means to wash them off, you can use water instead of a paper towel and if you use a paper towel then you trash for something and when you're going for multiple days you start building up a lot of trash yeah so hashtag not sponsored but they did give me some free ones and i used them and i will tell you one of the best things so uh gunk uh the company gunk g-u-n-k makes Uh these wipes uh they come in like they come in uh, they come in a pretty big pack but they're uh, degreasing wipes and they're meant for cleaning parts and shit like that. But they're just degreasing wipes and they have like, they're real tough and they have scrubbies on them. And I found that that was the absolute best way to wash dishes 
because I could take these wipes and I could wash the dishes with them and even scrub the dishes and use very minimal water and then just run it over with a like a Lysol disinfectant wipe. And now I've got only, you know, two or three wipes that I had to throw away, but I didn't use a gallon of water, you know, yeah. and soap and all that other stuff. So those are really nice, but you still kind of find that, that right balance. Hot water is definitely, uh, I think we all have, uh, we've all enjoyed the luxury of you bringing that hot water <laughs> along on the trail at one point in time or another. Yeah. And, and with it running off of the batteries and all that, like I have a program called thermostat on there now. So I just set it for a temperature. <laughs> <laughs> so I set it for like Hashtag 105, 105 <clears throat> degrees. That thing will just keep it at 105 all day. When I turn the rig off, obviously I turn the thermostat off. So it doesn't just keep draining the battery, but we're good. We're nice That's and warm. Awesome. <laughs> I, uh, I picked up that, uh, well, Erica picked up that heart water, uh, system that you can buy at Walmart. It runs off like a little 12 volt battery or Uh whatever you call them, 24 volt, whatever. But, uh, it's got like basically a little compressor in it and it runs off that battery. And so you've got a hose that comes off this water tank and you can spray it. It, it. It works well. Like it was for a, you know, for a system that you just kind of buy and throw in, like it's perfect. Like it, it's got a base. It sits in well. It's a it five, like gallon five gallons of water. Battery powered mini power washer. Basically. Uh, really? And yeah. it has like a standard like um, nozzle like you would have like at your house, right? Go ahead and pull it up, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, you probably can't share your screen. Interesting. Uh, and yeah, so I'm I was, looking we, at we were those little thirty dollar pumps. We were talking about it at on our Christmas uh, episode, and Erica listened to it, and bought it for me. <laughs> and, That's uh, cool because uh, I had heard about no, it. And Jeff okay, it I was wondering where where you got it, where you saw it. I was like, "That's awesome! Are you kidding me?" And this Christmas, it showed up. And I was like, "This is the perfect Christmas gift because so this is something a, I would never bought five, myself." But five I'm gallon right, water right. tank with it's like um. It's like those uh, road showers and things like that. It's a five-gallon water tank that's refillable. Um, from the videos that I saw, you can fill you can fill it up like five times on one battery. It lasts quite a while, huh. and you turn it on, and it's a little power washing little pump. <coughs> and it does it? Can you put rechargeable batteries in it, or it's a, like it's like a cordless drill battery? It's a rechargeable okay. drill battery. So it's got its own little heart system it's probably in like the heart uh family of systems or something yeah it's exactly Walmart stuff right i got you yep there it is so that's not for drinking as much as it's just for showers and dishes and exactly. stuff like that yeah gotcha. yeah huh. here it is will yeah it's got a little system here it fits perfect like it's it's compact yeah. enough to where it like can fit in between a bunch of stuff but uh, and it's short enough too where, where it's nice but it works pretty well man i was really impressed does it heat the water too no no oh. no that would but if be you sweet. put hot water in there it'll, it'll be, warm, yeah. be hot you yeah. could you could probably put one of those i know they have those like um don't they have those heating cores that you could drop in there possibly and like might melt warm it plastic up? that's like what uh, i'm running on mine <clears throat> You yeah. could you could put a you could put one in there if you want. Yeah, the, the plastic is very much like those water um water jugs that you would fill up with you know, five gallon cherry can water jugs. But it's and great. It's pretty big I, or... 
Yeah, it's five gallons. So what uh what Jeff was talking about, or you're talking about too, is like if you don't have that nozzle, you waste a lot of water. Waste like that a lot. nozzle a lot will yeah. save you from from using probably mm-hmm. thirty to forty percent of the water you would otherwise use with an open oh, flow easily, system. Easily, easily. Yeah. Easy, easy thirty to forty percent. Yeah, having a way to pump water through has been a challenge that I've been so I've tried various different water systems every single one of them leaks i always laugh whenever i see people with like these big blue jugs that are tipped over on their side i'm like yeah Uh that guy hasn't been doing this long because those things always leak man there's every single one i haven't found one that doesn't leak yet and now some people say that you can put some teflon tape over them and fix them that way but um i just haven't found a real good system for water either one the jug's too big or two the nozzle's not right or whatever um, but I've been looking into, I guess Dometic makes, and I think it's just a private label thing now, uh, where it's, it's basically like what you were talking about, Jeff, some like yeah. pump that you can get off of Amazon, yep. um, uh, that you just kind of set it wherever. And it's a battery powered pump that I guess just takes a little hose that sits down in your water. Gotcha. Yeah, and I've yeah. been thinking about getting one of those, uh, just because you're right, man, you'll, you'll waste 30 to 40% of your water just trying to get water yeah easily <clears throat> yeah it it goes quick especially when you're washing dishes dishes yeah. suck out there like you yeah, can't yeah. you can't cook anything good without having grease and stuff and that's if you Dude, ain't got hot water macaroni and cheese like how are you making macaroni and cheese out there and you're gonna create a mess man mashed potatoes the same way like yeah, these yep. things you don't you don't realize how big of a mess these things create until you're short on water it's crazy how it works, isn't it? Especially like yeah. you know, I always go water waterfront too. You can clean that stuff out in a lake or whatever. I don't know. Oh yeah, people get upset. But I mean, if you're on a big body of water, you get the majority of that stuff out, and then you know you come back, finish it up at the, at, at camp or whatever. But yeah, it's yeah. uh it's it's tough. But we're, hopefully, this water system will have me. I guess this is a new shiny thing that I have. I don't think the about. New shiny uh, thing. Yeah, that is the new shiny thing. Yeah uh that's so that's dope. that's that'll be nice and uh with that and everything being strapped down and all soft shackles and stuff like that I, i'm i feel like it's uh, i'm i'm prepared to not only take care of myself but other people if it's needed too which is kind of where I'd, I'd like to be as well right like make sure you you can take care of somebody if they get in a bad situation as well so yeah exactly it should be a good trip hopefully everything you know runs well the land cruiser does what it's always done and we don't have any surprises. Uh, we think we've got a good maintenance schedule on track and now it's just a matter of going out and having some fun and enjoying and putting that thing through its paces. Well, I know you're going to have fun. I, I hope that you don't have to use them on yourself, but I would like you to use those soft shackles um, and report back how you like using those in comparison to, you know, the typical D rings and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I used the them stuff. last year when we were running with Lee. He only had soft shackles, and that's what kind oh, of turned right? me on to it. Because I was always <clears> kind of <throat> like, ah, I mean, I got D-rings, I'm good. And I'm still taking D-rings. Like, I'm going to have D-rings as my connection points to my yeah. vehicle to basically, you know, it's just easy. I mean, you got a little snatch rope, put it on D-ring, go, you're good to go. But, um, you know, when I'm connecting my fair lead to – or my hook – to uh to something i have that soft shackle so we'll see i might not even use them who knows but uh they are easy to connect in and um but i do have like i said i do have the d-rings as backups because there's something about screwing this metal piece together that 
gives you a little bit more security. Gives you a little bit more uh, safe. Yeah, I I agree with you. I agree. I don't know. Although it's old school for me, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. If the D-ring shatters, it's a nightmare versus a soft shackle. Are you going to do Hell's Gate? Uh, I don't think we're doing Hell's Revenge on this trip. Oh, really? We're just going to do fins and things. Yeah. If we do Hell's Revenge, I think I am going to do Hell's Gate this time. Yeah. With the lockers, I think... uh, because you really only need rear lockers on that one, I would think, because that's it only gets a little hairy at one spot with land cruisers and you lift the, the wheel. Reason- and as long as you have good rear control and a good line, you'll you'll drop that wheel and roll right up. Yeah, the only reason I didn't do it the last time I was there, because the first time I was there, I'll be honest with you, I just didn't have enough um, experience and skill and know-how. I saw it and I was like, man, there ain't no fucking way I could do that thing. It's really steep then- if you look at it. Yeah. Like if and you then, just look uh, at it, it's like people, people, yeah. the videos don't do it justice how steep oh, no, that no, thing is. None, ju- no justice at all. So like you couldn't I walk down. Do it. It. Like you have to get down on no. four, on all fours to go down. Yeah. You and have up to, it. like, it's you have to crab walk it. Yeah. You have to crab walk it for sure. But the other thing is, is getting to it on the, the way that you have to get to it. Like I've known people take out their rocker panels just trying to get to it. Like there's a pretty gnarly little section. Oh, trying really? to get to the entrance of uh hell's gate there so uh the dudes that the last time i was there i was like yeah fuck it i'm doing it man i've seen everybody do this blah 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 and uh this dude was like uh he was there in a fifth gen and just lifted up and he had sliders and shit he's like man he said i know that you've been all over the place and that you don't really you know do any of the sliders and all that shit he's like but i've hit my sliders three times trying to get up to hell's gate that's <laughs> just not even the the obstacle hell's gate is one thing, but you know, it's the getting to it that you still, you still got to do that part. And, uh, sometimes I've found that a lot of these places that you see that are real notorious, like black bear, for example, you know, black bear, they only tell you about that. You only hear people talk really about that one spot, but I'll be honest, man, that, that whole trail is a tricky trail. And there's some, there's some other places like that Poughkeepsie wall that we went to. There's some places yeah. on Imogen that we're Imogen that we went to that, or what was that one hurricane pass? I think that we had done. And man, these are all places Corkscrew that you don't really surprise me. That one was some serious. That was some, we were like, and the way Lee said it to you, it's like, Oh, we'll just hit corkscrew and leave. And it was kind of like, yeah. Oh, we'll just like, yeah. we'll just pass through this one little trail. And this yeah, a name for no reason. And we get in it, and I think that was I our first. I was like, I get why it's corkscrew because, like, you are doing these, like, all the turns are mm. dropping into something, and it's it's fun. It's a fun. Like by that time of the trip, I was having a lot of fun. I was comfortable in the driver's seat. We yep. were, you know, we had done banged around enough to where I really learned how to drive out there because it's different driving out there on in Colorado than it is out here on the east, and as it is in Moab, yeah. like it's you know you got to learn each, you know, each kind of yeah. area before you really try to get comfortable and, and do, you know, get whiskey throttle going. I love Moab though. Cause Moab will really teach you what the limits of your vehicle are like to the point that like, because the variable that would normally be there, which is the, the dirt and the mud and the slick, the actual slick rocks. Traction. Like that's traction. not really there. Yeah. Your traction is there in Moab. So now, if it, it's all about picking your line and watching where your body's going to fall and watching yep. where your where wheels are going to be, and you just have the confidence and the traction to know that, okay, if I set my wheel up on that rock right there, 
then I'll be able to clear over this and I can crawl over to here, you know, and you just don't have to worry about that traction. So it, it really is, man. I, I enjoy wheeling in Moab just for that one reason, just the, the sandpaper that you're wheeling on top of out there just really lets you test the limits of your driving ability and how you maneuver your vehicle. Well, it's like driving on a parking lot. That's just got a bunch of different obstacles. <laughs> yeah. It's a little tricky. I mean, you know, it, after you've been wheeling in other places, Moab doesn't seem like it's that, that much of a deal, but the big thing out in Moab is, is clearance and tire size. <clears throat> yeah. Clearance That's is going to big... get you. It's rocks. Yeah. Like, it's not dirt, yeah. not mud. Like if you yeah. slide into something, you're, you're busting some shit up. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like I thought Apple was beat up until I saw those rock crawlers up in KOH. And I was like, oh, shit, Apple looks brand new compared to these guys. These brand guys don't have a, a straight fender on them, man. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Well, guys, this was fun. This is a good uh, good warm-up for, for Moab next week. Uh, it's fun hanging out tonight. Thanks for uh, coming in and dropping in with us, Will. As always, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. Tell the listeners, remind them where they can find you, man. Oh, yeah. I run this uh, YouTube series where I just talk to myself in the middle of nowhere called uh, Sir William Goes. I hear um, I go out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's just basically following me around and different shenanigans that I get into. And you never know what you're going to see, man. Like I said, I was at Schoolie Palooza, went to the van life thing. Uh, went to KOH and then the other day I was, uh, hanging out at the train yard learning about trains. So yeah, man, it's just kind of following <laughs> along and seeing where we head out. Nice. 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 Well, Good thanks stuff. for, for hanging out with us, Jeff, as always, my man. Good yeah, to hang with you. I'll, uh, I'll catch y'all when I get back from heading out West for a little while. All right, man. Can't wait to hear about it. All right. Yeah, yeah. Later. Take care.